Somebody they carry grave. <laughs> I didn't say that. Bring them in, folks. Missionaries lost their way. 
pray for church ministries, pray for pastors, the churches, and the, the church teachers and students. Israel and Ukraine, also pray for all these kids and teachers to be going back to school the next few days. Pray for them. God give them grace and have his hand about them. Also military, we have Riley Ham, Bailey Walker, Dylan Sparks, Cal Spurt, Robert Jones, Nick Guido, Zach Rod, Woody Coffee, Andrew Howe, and the Pope. The expecting list, uh, Ashley Cox, Olivia Evans, and also continue to pray for these flood victims. And, you know, pray God will just uh, rest upon the mind of people to hear his word and souls be safe tonight. You know, God will be in this house, and we sure do pray for you. Brother Rick Fletcher, listen to number 55.
just live from day to day. I don't borrow from its sunshine, for its skies may turn to gray. I don't worry o'er the future, for I know what Jesus said. And today I'll walk beside him, for he knows what is ahead. Many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand, but I know who holds tomorrow, and I know who holds my hand. Every step is getting brighter as the golden stairs I climb. Every burden's getting lighter. Every cloud is silver lined. There the sun is always shining. There no tear will dim the eye. At the ending of the rainbow, where the mountains touch the sky. Many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand, but I know who holds tomorrow, and I know who holds my hand. I don't know about tomorrow, it may bring me poverty, but the is the one who stands by me, and the path that be my portion may be through the flame or flood, but his presence goes before me, and I'm covered with his blood. Many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand, but I know who holds tomorrow, and I know who holds my hand. Amen. Amen. Thank, thank you, young people and young men, for that good singing. Thank the Lord for the good congregational singing as well. I'd like to invite you to turn your Bibles this evening to 2 Timothy and chapter 4. 2 Timothy and chapter 4. Tonight we're going to look at these first eight verses of Scripture. And I pray that the Lord will open our minds to our duty. As oh, about... What's it been now? Almost 19 years ago, I was sat in front of an ordaining council. As I was ordained into the ministry of the gospel, my dad laid the charge and preached the charge to me, his son. It's something that, one of those things that, you know, you'd really never forget. 
But I was thinking about young Timothy and the Apostle Paul and how the Apostle Paul was like a, like a father to Timothy. He was his son, and as the Bible says, the spiritual son. In other words, it was a son of faith. A son who was saved during the Apostle Paul's ministry and a charge that was laid out to this young man of God was very specific. But there was a reason why the Apostle Paul had come to a point where he was at. You know, and this, this message that I'm preaching tonight is one that was kind of spurred by some things that were told to me two weeks ago that I wasn't expecting. The last time that I was with Brother Stoniker, we was there at his home. My wife and myself went to visit him. And he looked at me straight in the eye and he said, I am ready. My fight is over. And I'm ready for my departure. He says, that's what I've been looking forward to. That's what I want. I'm ready to go home. And as I sat and I thought about that throughout the last two weeks, not knowing that at that moment, because the man was, yeah, he was, he was growing weaker, he was growing feeble, but he had so much, I thought, to offer. The churches around him, his own church family. And I thought, brother, there, there's no time for that right now. There's so much that you have to offer. Then he looked at me again. He said, no, I'm ready to go home. And the reason why that he was able to say that is because I really feel like he knew his race was over. He had been talking like this uh, for quite some time now, for, for at least the last year, as his weakness began to come upon him. His legs began to get frailer and frailer until a point he was at a walker and, and that's what he told me. He said, listen, he said, when your legs are gone, you're done. And that just kind of broke my heart and I just thought about that and this message kind of rung to my heart and my memory of what my dad told me some years ago. He says in verse 1 of chapter 4 of 2 Timothy, he says, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. You know, it's one thing sad to say that too many pulpits don't have anymore is preachers who will preach the word as it is to folks as they are. Let the chips fall where they may. You know, I've heard people say, well, you're going to, you preach like that, you're going to run people off. You know what? The, the problem with too many pulpits today is we need preachers who won't preach truth, who won't stand against sin, who will not complain when things are not what God's Word says. He said, preach the Word. Be instant in season and out of season. Reprove and rebuke and exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, 
But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. They shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned into fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. For I am now ready to be offered. And the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also, that love is appearing. I want to preach a message tonight simply entitled, Running the Race. That is set before us. Heavenly Father, dear God, tonight as we come before your throne, I come thanking you for the privilege and the honor it is to be called one of your children. And what a greater honor it is to be able to be called into the ministry. And Lord, I pray that you will bless the message tonight. Help us, thy people, to rejoice in it. But help us to realize, dear God, the race that is set before us. Lord, help us to have a legacy to leave behind for those that are coming up. that They may have something also to speak of. Lord, I pray that you'll bless our time together here this evening. Forgive us our sin. In Jesus Christ's name, and amen. You know, Brother Stoniker had said, my departure is at hand. And I began to talk about his legacy of his his pastoring in that church for over 56 years and, and all that he had to have seen and endured during that time. You know there have been many afflictions. In any church family, there are problems that pop up from time to time because number one we're all just human beings right there's none of us that are perfect so we're going to have those issues from time to time but I was sitting I was thinking about how many hard times you think that a pastor of 56 years may have seen and then I began to look at some of the pictures that are on the walls and and I know back in 1985 I think it was or somewhere in that area I was looking through the pictures and there I saw a picture of my dad. And had I, I, I hadn't even known that at the time that he had been preaching in the same conference back in the early and mid-80s. And as I looked at that picture on that wall of, of all those pictures of all those preachers of time past and just like, uh, just like I see from here from time to time. You see pictures of homecomings and what have you. You see old men of God who, have, who are now, who have already run the race and have finished their course and now they're awaiting our arrival in heaven. And I must be, must, I, I had to be thinking, what kind of legacy are we going to leave behind? What kind of legacy are you going to leave behind when those children that you're holding in your arms today begin to 
take charge of the services one day, what legacy will you have? That word legacy is a, it's a word that means something that is handed down or remains from a previous generation or time. Something that you leave, an indelible mark. Truly the Apostle Paul was able to hand something down to the generations which followed all the way to us here today. A testimony of faithfulness to his God. A testimony of faithfulness to the churches that he mentored. A faithfulness to spread the gospel message wherever the Lord directed him. The text before us tonight was directed and charged to young Timothy, a young preacher man. Not only did this man of God preach the word by the word, but he preached the word by his life. He was a prime example of what we need to be. The Apostle Paul said to young Timothy in chapter uh, uh, 4 of 2 Timothy verse 6, I am now ready to be offered up. How was this man able to bring such a statement to a young man in such a way? I'm now ready to be offered up. He was saying, I'm ready to meet my creator. I'm ready to lay down this old body in death and go to my heavenly home. How does that come about? This morning as we brought a lesson on the church covenant, the second paragraph, I explained to us the importance of faithfulness to the house of God. For our duty to have a, a, a lasting legacy to leave to our children. And as I sit and I look across this church, and I see the, the, the great-grandchildren, the grandchildren, the children and the fathers, and, and I see all those who have sat in these pews times prior to this. And I think, what a legacy people leave behind. What a legacy. But how do we leave such a legacy as a people of God? How do we do that? The first thing I want us to realize is that he had fought a good fight. He had fought a good fight. I go back and I think of Brother Stoniker and, and I imagine all across, this, all across this part of the country there may be preachers who are preaching about the legacy of Brother Stoniker and his faithfulness. But I dare say there's many faithful men of God of old. Men who stood right behind this desk right here. Men who, uh, 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 the men who, who built this podium are now in the, in the recess halls of heaven. They have fought a good fight. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, uh, verse 6 and 7, he says, For I am now ready to be offered up in the time of my departures at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. In real life, it's not easy being a real Christian, is it? The devil fights us. The world fights us. The family even fights us from within from time to time. But it comes right down to this. We are to be overcomers. Amen. That's what I believe that men of God of old, the Apostle Paul in particular, 
That's the reason why he was able to say, I am now ready to be offered up because I have overcome. And now I'm ready to go home. In Revelation chapter 2, if you'll turn there. Revelation chapter 2. I want to look at verse 7. I've got three verses here I want you to look at. Revelation 2. The Bible says in verse 7, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life which is in the midst of the paradise of God. On down where the Bible says in verse 11, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. We go to verse 17 and here again we see, He that hath an ear, let him hear. Let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I will I give to eat of the hidden manna and will give him a white stone and a stone and in the stone a new name written which no man knoweth saith he that receiveth it. Folks, that's, that's what it means to have a legacy, isn't it? That's what it means to, to be somebody in the house of God. To be, to be somebody to for the younger generations to look up to. To be an overcomer. Regardless of the curve that life throws us, be like the Apostle Paul and say, I have fought a good fight. Listen, it's a fight, isn't it? To fight against the devil. The devil's always making room for you to do everything and, and everything on the Lord's day or on or, or any time that we are having a service. The devil's always got a way of putting something out there for you to grab a hold of, doesn't he? And it's a struggle. Our flesh, our fleshly desires are that which uh, uh, the devil knows all about. He, he knows everything about our fleshly desires and what it takes to get you hooked on him. The Apostle Paul says, listen, I have fought a good fight. And that's what it takes, it's a fight. You gotta fight against the devil. You gotta resist the devil. The Bible says resist the devil and he will what? He will flee from thee. The problem is so often we're not so eager to resist him, are we? When something is coming up in the church and and the devil puts this out there for you. Listen, it'd be a whole lot easier just to stay home tonight, wouldn't it? That's the devil talking. You know it ain't the Holy Spirit. Listen, understand that. It takes a fight. It's a fight. Good and evil is always fighting in our midst. In our lives, good and evil is always in contention. That's a reason why we have to be that overcomer and do what is right all the time. Do what is right. There's no place for retreat in the house of God. There's no time to quit. There's only one way to go and that's forward for the glory of God. That's the reason why the Apostle Paul said, I'm ready now to be offered up. I have fought a good fight. May God help us to see that. I know in life we are often bewildered by the attacks of the devil. Galatians chapter 5 verse 7 speaks about that. We may point out at 
somebody across the way and say, well, they're the reason why that I'm not in church anymore. You know, I, I heard that not too long ago. I heard that not too long ago and I thought, my goodness. You know, you, know, you, all, you often hear this thing, well, I'm not going there. There's too many hypocrites there. And listen, I want you to know something. I think, I think if I'm not mistaken, Brother Jim repeated this after somebody else and they said it was a, it was a, it'd take an awful little man to hide behind the hypocrite. Is that what it is? Brother Kraft said that. It takes an awful little person to hide behind a hypocrite. Listen, don't let the world keep you from going to the house of God. Don't let, don't let those within that, that are actual hypocrites. And listen, there are those in the, in the, in the ranks of God's people that are not really saved. They don't have the spirit. Listen, don't let that stop you from being faithful yourself. There's always going to be those that's going to try to stop you with their, with their actions, the way they treat you, the way they act towards you. Listen, there's always going to be that, that individual that's going to put you down. You fight the good fight. You stay faithful. Don't allow the devil to win. In the hindering game. Get in the battle. Listen, we have a work to do. We have a work to do. I look at this church, you know, again, we have, we have a couple of pews here that are empty. These folks are traveling, I know that. But I'm, I thank God tonight for our church family. For those of you who are here tonight, I thank God for you. And I'll even thank God even greater for the Wednesday night crowd. The faithful few. But listen, be a part of that faithful few, amen? Be a part of that group that's going to win the crown of righteousness one day. You see, the Apostle Paul, he was ready because here the Bible says in verse 8 of, of our text, Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. Why? Because he was faithful unto the end. The old cliche and the old saying of the, of the Marines, Marines was simplify, faithful to the end or faithful to death. You know what? I believe that's the way God's people ought to be, faithful to the end. Faithful. Listen tonight. That's the reason why that when we do our church covenant studies, it is so important and it is imperative that you learn all you can because that's what's going to make you a faithful steward. May God help you to see that. Listen, the second reason why again that he was able to say I'm now ready to be offered up because he knew that crown of righteousness was his. He knew that. Will you be able to lay your crowns at the feet of Jesus one day? And remember the crowns of righteousness only goes to those who have already gained the crown of life. Amen. To those that are already saved by the grace of God. That's the prerequisite of the crown of righteousness. You've got to be saved. Saved. Maybe you're sitting here tonight and you're thinking, well, I'm all right. Will you be all right then? That moment when death comes, will you be okay? The moment when death comes and nobody else can stop it. It's a hard place to be. It's a hard thing to view. To see somebody die right before your very eyes and there's nothing you can do to stop it. 
I don't care if you have the AED. I don't care if you have all the CPR that you know. Listen, when that person's time is up, it's up. It's appointed unto men once to die. My friend, how will it fare thee when when your appointment time comes? And the thing of it is, nobody knows when that's going to be. Nobody knows that. I talked about Brother Jim Fusey. He was the, he was the, the head of, of the hospital at Belfont and also at Transylvania and at another hospital in Tennessee. Here he was at the heart center, at, right there at the, at the hospital. And with all the hundreds of doctors around there, with all the people that was around there, with all the safety gear, here was a, here was a man who, who, ran, who ran all the time. He's always out running. Here was a man who climbed all the biggest part of the mountains of the world. When his time came, you wouldn't have thought that that man, you would have thought by the way he lived his life, You'd have thought he could have lived to be a hundred years older, older. But at a young age, God says your appointed time is up. Come on home. And there was nobody could stop it. The finest doctors in the hospital was right there and they couldn't do a thing with it. His time had come. Now, when your time comes, are you going to be able to say, I have fought a good fight, I have run a good race, Therefore, there's a crown of righteousness laid up for me. There's no crown of righteousness unless you first of all have won the crown of life. And that comes through salvation. Have you fulfilled Romans chapter 10? I go back. Now I think of Romans in chapter 10 beginning at verse 8 down through verse 17. In verse 8 it talks about the word is nigh thee even in thy ear and in thy mouth. What is that? The word of hope. You've heard it, haven't you? There's not a person sitting in this house tonight who hasn't heard the glorious gospel. I'm talking time and time and time again. You've heard, Romans 10, 8 says, you have heard the way of hope. And all those who will come unto him, he says, I will in no wise cast out. Have you fulfilled your duty to come unto the Father? Have you fulfilled the commandment that God says that He commands men everywhere to repent? Listen, if you have it, that's one thing you need to do because you'll never receive the crown of life without it. And without the crown of life, you'll never see the crown of righteousness. May God help us to see that tonight. May God help us to be faithful. Does your life pertain or consist of godliness? Do you believe that as you live and are today, you will win the crown of righteousness? I pray that you do. But lastly, I want you to think about this. Allow me to tell you how to receive the crown of life and righteousness. This was the crown that I believe the Apostle Paul said, I'm going to receive it. How did he know that? Because of his faithfulness. Verse 8 says, Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord the righteous judge shall give me at that day, 
Why? Because he had in, in verse number seven, he says, I had fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Are you keeping the faith tonight? You know, folks, I want you to know again, I said this morning and I'll say it again tonight. You younger generation are going to be taking the place of the older generation here not too far down the road. Fight a good fight. Run a good race. Listen, get away from those things that does so easily beset you and run with patience the race that is set before you. What race is that? The race of life, the Christian life. Listen, in John chapter 3, I will, I will go back here once again. I didn't do this this morning, I'll do it tonight. John chapter 3, verse 15 says, That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Do you believe that tonight? Listen, it's the gospel. That's what you must believe in order to receive the crown of life. You've got to believe the gospel. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 4, tells you exactly, verbatim, by the scripture, what the gospel it is. It's the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ according to to the scriptures. That, my friends, the gospel, that's what you got to believe. It isn't what Jesus done and what you can do, it's what Jesus finished at Calvary. He finished. When he said, Tell us die, tell us die, he's saying, It is finished. It is finished. What was finished? His paying of your sin debt. Who was it for? <clears throat> it was for anyone who will come unto him. He says, come unto me and I'll give you rest. Are you ready for that today? Now can you say with the Apostle Paul what is found back in our text of 2 Timothy chapter 4 as I get ready to come to a close here. In verse 8, well, let's read Let's just read verses 6 through 8 and ask yourself this question. Am I, can I say this? I mean, if, if today, if tonight, God should say your time is up. When I read this, ask yourself the question, can I honestly say that about myself? For I am now ready to be offered up. And the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. You know what it means to keep the faith? That means keeping the word of God. The reason why that the study of the church covenant is so important. It's because it comes from God's word and it gives us direction how we are to 
how we are to look at the church. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me in that day. And not to me only, but unto them, all them also that love his appearing. As I said the other day, the last time I talked to Brother Stoniker, or as they affectionately call him, Preacher Stoniker. The last day I was with him, we had had church on Tuesday night, and he had fallen and broken his ribs, and they had taken him down to CAMC, and I mean, that's a long trip anyhow. That's, a, that's an iron 25-minute trip, I imagine, from down around almost Roanoke. But he, they brought him back, and... Uh, I told my wife, I said, we got to go visit him before we leave. At Wednesday, I, I went and visited him, me and Deb and one of the members of the church. And that's the first thing he told me. I'm ready to go home. He says, I'm done here. I know it. He said, my race is run. Folks, at, at the time, you know, you're hearing a, an elderly gentleman talk. But now you look back and you think, oh my, at the legacy that that man had. He says, I'm now ready to be offered up. And the last words he said to me as I prayed for him, he said, that was an honor to me. Here was, a, here was what, I, what I feel to be a living legacy. Here was a war, a, a Korean a war veteran. He was a corporal and and the and the head of a, two different tank divisions. But he was a humble preacher from the mountains of West Virginia. And when he told me that, I said, "No, my brother, I'm honored." You know why? Because he had a legacy. When you go, don't you want to have a legacy? Don't you want to have a legacy that people can look back and say, man, what a person. What a person. How God was glorified through that body. Folks, I'll tell you what, it's something that all of us can achieve. It's just being faithful. That's what it comes down to. It's just being faithful. Brother Stoniker, he was just faithful. Just like you and I can be tonight. We can have the same thing said of us. And we can say the same thing one day. I'm now ready to be offered up. May God help us. May God help us to have a legacy like the Apostle Paul had. Let's all stand, please. Our most gracious and divine Heavenly Father. Dear Lord, as, a, as we bow before your throne tonight, we do so with thankful hearts and humbled hearts. 
We're thankful, dear God, for the book that you've left us. It tells the story of the Apostle Paul. And young Timothy, a young preacher boy. Father, we're all so thankful to look back in our past see men who have stood the test of time who were faithful pastors and preachers who were faithful teachers and deacons who were faithful church members that people can now look back and say they were a light to me Lord help us to be the same light to others around us Help us, dear God, to leave a legacy that glorifies your name and uplifts those around us. Lord, bless us tonight. Save souls and save lives. And Lord, forgive us our sin in Jesus Christ's name. And amen. Have our song leader, our pianist to come.